Dom Corrie's here to talk movies. Hi, Dom. Hi, Jesse. I had a look at the trailer for Wes Anderson's new film, Asteroid City. Looks like a be- beautiful colours mm. for a star. A beautiful looking film. Yeah, the uh, the pastel palette of this film is something to behold. Because yeah. um, it's I- set in a desert, which you would normally expect to be sort of washed out and not very colourful, but somehow he manages to bring a lot of colour into it. He, he has... An aesthetic prowess uh, unrivaled in modern cinema, I think. I'm so grateful for Wes Anderson. He's got such a vision. He's such an auteur. He's such an artist. And Asteroid City is just such a beautifully composed film. Every shot, you can say this about most Wes Anderson films, all Wes Anderson films, every shot is a a picture, is Mm. a painting. And this one, and his stylization has just accelerated over the last decade or Mm. so. And Asteroid City is arguably the peak of that stylization. It's about set in 1955. It's got this weird framing device where Brian Cranston comes out and behaves as if it's a live play you're watching on television. Oh, yeah. In black and white. But then when you're seeing the actual play itself, uh-huh. it's in beautiful color and not a play. It's a, it's a movie with locations and stuff. And But the framing device kind of shifts in and out of a, a, a meta-reality. But that's I'm not immaterial. Madly, I'm not madly keen on those framing devices. I know that's quite a broad thing to say. Fair enough. I always find them a little bit annoying. Yeah, well, it's just another affectation uh, in this Wes Anderson world, and he's all affectations at a certain <laughs> on a certain level. And uh, the cast he's corralled for this, pretty amazing. Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Carell. Yeah. Uh, lots of other Tom people. Tom Hanks. Yep, Tom Hanks is in there. And it's about... Um, a Susan group. Sarandon? Yep. Oh, no? no oh, she's in another one. Sorry, I've watched oh, a lot of trailers this morning. Yeah. She's <laughs> in Blue Beetle. But yeah, that was, I watched the Blue <laughs> Beetle trailer today. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And <laughs> it's set in 1955. Like, as Brian Cranston explains, it's, it's a historical film about something that didn't happen. And it's set at the site of a meteorite landing where a group of people are uh, gathering ostensibly for the science convention. Mm. And then there may or may not be an alien encounter that forces them to stay there a bit and go into quarantine. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed this film. It, it, it's I enjoyed it more than his last film, The French Dispatch, which was kind of an anthological collection of little stories. Uh there is not a single moment in this where I wasn't happy. However, Wes Anderson has kind of moved away from telling stories and seems to be more in the, um, you know, putting up tableaus and presenting beautiful images with interesting characters and cool dialogue. But it's been a while, it feels like, since he just told a story with an arc that wasn't sort of primarily about being cutesy and affected mm. and and i don't i'm not saying that's a it's bad it's a bad film but I, I find myself desiring a bit more yeah of a of a solid dramatic content from him. has he fallen into the trap of imitating wes anderson <laughs> well I, I i'm 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 trying to make a point here it's kind of hard to, to make the point where i'm not criticizing the film i just miss yeah. What I just missed the the Rushmore was Anderson. I the say, Royal, the Royal I loved Rushmore. Yeah, the Royal Tenenbaums, where there was a bit more room for, uh, you know, grounded emotional authenticity. And it's not to say these are clinical films where you don't feel anything. I got quite emotional during Asteroid City, 
Uh, Jason Schwartzman is so great in this, mm-hmm. kind of channeling Stanley Kubrick on a certain level. And Scarlett Johansson's great. She plays a movie star. And there's a billion other actors. There's a, there's a lot of kids in this who are great because it's about this like young science club. And most of the adult characters are the parents of these children. And the children are just great. Mm-hmm. It feels like an alternate universe Mickey Mouse Club or something. <laughs> and but, but you can see the criticism I'm making in that he's, he's so sort of um, caught up in his own aesthetics. And, no, and, and, I, and I don't think he seems like he's imitating Wes Anderson. He's still pushing his own aesthetics forward. He, you know, those, the TikTok Wes Anderson imitations are about you know, yeah. what's come before, but he's still looking forward. I mean, at certain times, this looks like a Roadrunner cartoon intentionally. There's a Roadrunner in it. It's a little puppet. <laughs> and there's those uh, desert backgrounds yeah. with the uh, the Monument Valley uh, the, um, cliffs the, and the, stuff. The titles are quite interesting, eh? They're a real throwback to, um, to the Westerns. Can you mm. picture those? The sort of the yellow 3D red titles? Yeah, yeah. There's this, 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 just, it's a, it's a, avalanche of visual and oral wonders mm. and and again there is a plot if you believe in the reality because there's kind of some of the characters play two people they're playing the people they're playing and they're playing the actor playing the people they're playing okay and um wow it, it, it works quite smoothly I, I i enjoyed it but again i you know it, i thank god for wes anderson because he's like i said he's a a major filmmaker who who just is not compromising himself one little bit. Yeah, not but many not many movies like this come out these days, no. right? But sometimes I think this reminds me of that American Express commercial you did. You know, it's a, a, a little bit of the aesthetics have taken over a little bit. And and if I was, you know, he's allowed to do whatever he wants, but if, if, I, if I was giving him advice, I'd say pull back on the stylization a little bit and just allow your stories to breathe and exist. Um, but that said, you know, Asteroid City has more of a through line than than the French Dispatch. And as I said, it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful movie. I just realized I don't know what Wes Anderson looks like. And I've just Googled a picture of him. He looks like a Wes Anderson character. He looks exactly how you'd picture him, yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Back to mainstream blockbuster IP franchises, Gran Turismo. Oh, yes. So this is a video game. Are you aware of that? Yes. The driving simulator. And this is a new take on the video game adaptation in that this tells the, the true story of a Gran Turismo player who entered this competition where you get to graduate into being an actual race car driver. Yeah, this is real fantasy stuff, right? It sounds crazy. You get really good at a video game and then, and then you get to do it for real. Yeah, it sounds mental, but it really happened. And... What was notable about this film for me ahead of time is the director, Neil Blomkamp, who's a South African-Canadian who blew us all away in 2009 with District 9, which I think is one of the most dazzling cinematic debuts ever. He's made some interesting films since then, but hasn't quite fully been able to recapture the fervor of that early that early hit, which Peter Jackson EP'd. And, um, it was a spaceship movie, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh bit more than that. <laughs> oh, I'm picturing the spaceship on the poster. So Neil Blomkamp did something with District 9 where he was able to present sort of uh, genre ideas that are commonly explored in mainstream cinema in a fresh and exciting way. And that's a huge achievement as far as I'm concerned. If you can make, you know, people shooting guns at aliens 
interesting again than you than you're a cool filmmaker yeah. to me so i always pay very close attention to what he does this feels more like a neil blomkamp proving that he can still make a profitable film mm-hmm. uh, because i was not dazzled by the aesthetics in this film there's some uh, agile cinematography with uh, uh drone footage uh you know shooting cars racing around a track i just happen to think that cars zooming around a track it's just very difficult to make that cinematic yeah it's kind of i'm sure it's very exciting in person yeah. it's very exciting if you they watch never it look as fast care. as they actually are exactly and and there's just something in the circularity of it it's not like a train it's going in a circle you know <laughs> and i i could tell at every moment of this film how i was supposed to be feeling but I don't know if I ever felt any of those things. Some yes. people have liked it. He, he's kind of compared it to like a wish fulfillment story like Karate Kid or something. You can see how, you know, it's this kid from Wales. He's he's uh, he's not quite a teenager. I think he's around 20, 21 or so. And it's about him, you know, fulfilling this fantasy of becoming mm. a, a race car driver. But I was, I was quite bored. Okay. Thank you. Can we have two minutes on Talk To Me? Oh, yeah. This has been in theatres for a while. This is an amazing film. I just noticed that no one had reviewed it on the show yet, so I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, amazing new Aussie horror about teenagers. Uh, it's been a big year for horror. This film just blew me away. It's so authentic, which is what a lot of horror films struggle with. The opening scene is like this big raging party in South Australia, and the camera follows one guy in, and the, the mother's just in the kitchen. And I realized, like, in an, Austra- in an American film, that just doesn't happen. They can't comprehend the idea of the kids partying and the parents being around. But in Australia, and here's how it goes. <laughs> and, and the film's about a bunch of teens who start mucking around with this possession demon situation. And the way they, you know, in every horror film, characters have to act against their own best interests. But the best rationale I've ever seen for that, and this was in this film where it's, it's teenagers succumbing to peer pressure. It's when you do things that aren't good for you because it's cool and you want to impress yeah. the, the teenager next to yeah. you. And so very messed up film. Peter Jackson's just come out in support of it saying it's the best horror film he's seen in years. Mm. It's still in theaters. Uh, it got a bit overshadowed by the Barbenheimer steamroller, <laughs> but uh strong recommendation for talk to me. I had a great time. They're getting it. quite good at uh, horror movies. The Aussies. Yeah. Well, they, they always have been. Um, this, this is these young brothers twin brothers who are these very popular youtubers named Raka Raka Michael mm. and Danny Philippou and very interesting debut from them they just you can tell they're horror fans but they're they're pushing it forward and and I get quite bored in horror films these days but right. I was gripped by this love it Dom Corey thanks so much thanks Jesse uh, that was the Aussie horror talk to me